0: Hi everybody! Today I have a really special guest with me, Gina. Uh, I know her from Wise, uh, my first ever company abroad <laughs> and uh, which has really really shaped my life honestly and I met some mo- the, the most amazing people in my life and Gina has definitely been uh, one of them, one of the most authentic people I know and uh, I am so so glad Gina that you said yes to this. I am so happy honestly because you one person and I've seen that myself where, you know, there's so many people working in the same office with different backgrounds, different opinions, and you always need that one person to bridge the gap and bring people together while being authentic and true to their own opinion. And you're definitely one of those people. Uh, So for me, there's always been so much to learn while we're working directly, indirectly in the same office. And now while I'm doing this, I'm so excited that there's going to be so much to learn from you. So thank you so much for coming on board.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. We were always so busy because we were growing this, you know, tiny company to a huge company, helping all these millions of customers. So we were both so busy doing our job. But I remember every time I walked down the office and I ran into you that I just got all, you know, your smile (laughs) and the positive energy was like, made me feel better, you know, if I felt stressed.
0: So thank you so much for this. And uh, I know that whoever hears this podcast will definitely, you know, leave, This 30 minutes of their life, much more happier, maybe more positive, uh, maybe even calmer, depends on, you know, the good energy that flows through today. So thank you so much again. But maybe we can get right into it, Gina, and talk about uh, your experience at WISE. So you joined as an early employee and uh, you moved to Estonia. Let's get right into, you know, how you started off, uh, you know, whatever you've built throughout your career. It was a good, risky sort of a career choice that you made. Uh, So let's get into it.
1: It was so that was probably one of the riskiest decisions wow. i've ever made, but also one of my favorite stories that has ever happened in my life. Um, okay. And it's such a weird cool story and I will just tell you the whole story, you know and and to whoever listens to this. Mm-hmm. let's see if you can take anything away, so I had this moment actually in my career. I was always this very ambitious German person, you know, even in university, the jobs I would take while I'm in university, Mm -hmm. they would always have to be better and better and better. And, you know, on the resume, it would always have to go up and up and up and up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and even in university or in school, I would never have taken jobs that in Germany are considered non-ambitious jobs, like a call center Mm -hmm. job, you know, like a customer support job. Mm -hmm. I don't know about Pakistan and Germany, that's kind of considered to be a thing that you take a customer support job if you don't know what you want to do with your life. That's true, yep, yep. That's the idea. So I never would have done that. So I was at this point, I think I was maybe 24, 25. I was, and I had a job offer to work as a consultant, like in a consultancy. And it was exactly the next right step. Like exactly Mm -hmm. what I should have taken on my resume. And I had just, with my friend, we had just learned about this practice called listening prayer. So it's mm-hmm. it's this weird idea that, you know, how most people pray, they say like, dear God, please help me pass this exam. Amen. Like this, yeah. you know, yeah. so you talk, but you don't listen. Um, mm-hmm. And we wow. had just, yeah, we had just learned about the spiritual practice that you ask a question and then you kind of close your eyes and you, you see what kind of thoughts come to you. And... You know, who knows? Basically, we just we just said, let's try this. And and we listened. And I, I I remember saying, you know, I have this job offer, I'm gonna take it. It's the next step on my resume. You know, is there anything I should know? And mm-hmm. then we both closed our eyes. And then I know the thought that came was take a call center job instead. And and actually, yeah, I remember my response was kind of in my chair, I went back like this, I was like, what, you know, it didn't make sense to me. And I actually even remember thinking and saying like, excuse me, what, you know, I've worked so hard to put up my resume, why a call center job. And then the next thought that came to me was, because you are a slave to your resume, you know, and it matters so much to you. On a party at a party that you can say something impressive and that it looks good and you're not actually free you know you're a slave to your resume and how you look on the outside and and yeah when that thought came i was actually thinking that's true but then the thing is this i might be making this up okay Mm -hmm. who knows if there's a higher source of wisdom and love that's giving me ideas I might be completely making this shit up. Okay. And then no,
0: but I do believe, of course, I mean, I think everybody associates their higher power to, you know, whatever they believe in, but I do believe there is that existence, you know, and it sometimes speaks through you, speaks through mediums, you know, so yes. it, again, you know, it's always about, you know, when people say, listen to your gut, it's literally yeah. just, that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I, this is profound. Oh my yeah. God. Wow. Wow. So I still don't know, you
1: know, still don't know if, if there was a God, would, you know, I, I kind of yes. think so but you can never know um, but so I had this thought take a course right. in that job but the thing is I even spoke to my parents and my parents are like why did you even do a master's okay <laughs> you know and then, and I even spoke to a German recruiter and they're like right. I remember the German recruiter saying this is gonna mess up your resume if this mm. and and so I was there thinking like do I follow this interesting idea or call or gut feeling um, or do, do I make a head decision to not do it? Because, right. and then I just actually, I thought back and forth for two months because it seemed like such a huge decision to mess up my career forever, you know? Um, and then I decided I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then actually my friend, you also know her, uh, Mallory who who yes. she had heard about Wise, this tiny, tiny startup, and that they needed Germans for their call center, right? Customer support. Yeah. So yes. I just said, I'm going to do it. And I joined. And wow. yeah, wow. when I joined, it was 50, five, zero people. Now it's, I think, close to 3,000 people, right? So when it I left.
0: Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. over 2,000. It's crazy. Yes. it's crazy yes. so much. So wow.
1: what ended up happening is that to my total surprise, first of all, the customer support job was the most fun job I've ever had, even though it looked the least impressive on my resume because the team was so fun, the what we were building, the mission, so fun. But also, of course, it turned out to be a huge blessing to join in a tiny startup that grew so fast that at right. the time, right, I got to have more responsibility, new roles, you know, build the whole German team, build all the European customer support, then, you know, become a product manager and da 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 and it was just the biggest, turned out to be the biggest blessing ever. You know, oh. I learned so much. And it, yeah, I mean, this is still, blows my mind that that happened in my life.
0: Wait, so how long were you in the customer support team?
1: So actually a total of four years, because first I was, you know, a customer support person for Germany, like having to yeah. translate the app and everything. But then I built the German team in the second year. Then I built all of the European year in the third year. So I think it was three or four years total oh. in customer support oh.
0: And what did you learn throughout this experience?
1: I mean, I think what I learned, so that's the thing. This is the mm-hmm. thing I learned. If you're in your 20s, yes. um, really, it's so smart to take a job where you're going to learn a lot more so than make a lot of money because that's the thing with that is a
0: very wise choice yes yes yes
1: i didn't know that at the time i mean honestly i wish i could say i was so smart to Mm. know and join this tiny startup no i just figured all of this out by accident but looking back um the thing with startups is you don't get paid the same amount right you get paid much less um they can't afford that um so i actually remember this moment um Oh, maybe maybe that's a different story, but I just remember this moment at one point, my later 20s, talking yeah. to my German friends that had stayed in Germany, and they were all buying BMWs, you know, because they were in Germany with German salary and not in a startup. And I was yeah. in Estonia, which is a lower salary already, and then a the startup, which is even less salary. I was totally not buying a BMW. In fact, um, I mean... At one point, I lived in in an apartment with five people we were sharing. That was the way to, with the customer support, um, like salary kind of to make it, you know. Very
0: understandable, understandable, though. But how was your life in Estonia? So you moved from Germany to Estonia for transfer-wise, not wise
1: Actually, not for transfer That was just after my bachelor. Um, You know, I had to make that decision. Where do I do my master's? And then... I decided to go somewhere kind of exotic (laughs) from a German (laughs) perspective, (laughs) you know, because-
0: It is actually an exotic place in Europe, so (laughs) let's put it this way.
1: Yes, (laughs) and I really knew nothing about it, but I just decided to move instead of going to London or Paris or something like known. you know, go somewhere I don't know. So I did that. And then my experience is that I've always lost money moving to another country from Germany to Estonia and then from Estonia to the US this year, it was always crazy expensive. I always lost money in the first couple of years. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I learned so much in terms of perspective and wisdom.
0: Even for me, right, it was pretty much the same when uh, I moved from Pakistan to Estonia, right? Even though Estonia is considered one of the, like, how do I say this? Like, cost-wise, of course, it's cheaper to live in Estonia than many other European countries. But if I was to compare this with Pakistan, of course, I did feel that shift right away. And then when I moved from Estonia to Finland, again, I sort of felt that shift right away. But then when you're moving abroad as a student, is very different from the time when you're moving abroad as someone who's had a little bit of savings, had a little bit of work experience, because I think it puts you in a different sort of a box, right? Where your, I think, inner confidence obviously has doubled by the time you're moving out for work again and uh, also you have enough purchasing power right where you can go ahead maybe you'll of course have challenges with you know finances again but you're able to you know figure out those moves a little better uh you know in terms of risk as well so i think yeah it definitely makes a lot of sense moving abroad is never easy uh, but it's obviously like one of the best challenges uh, that anyone can you know take
1: on for themselves. I'm curious yeah how you see your move from Pakistan to Estonia and then from Estonia mm-hmm. to Finland how you see that looking back in terms of an investment decision like how Ooh, do you-
0: that is so interesting that is so interesting I think for me when I was moving from Pakistan to Estonia I wanted to honestly the main thing that I was looking forward to was freedom so my investment I would say was In terms of that, even though I went, I moved for studies. But at the back of my head, I knew that it's just an excuse that's just going to be, you know, for me putting my foot in the door, finding an opportunity. And as soon as I found work, I'm just going to start working because uh, as much as I love learning, I know that I like learning uh, in a work kind of an environment, like learning on the go, learning with people, learning while doing something. And uh, now moving from Estonia to Finland I feel like my investment is more towards improving my quality of life. Yes. Uh, yes. So definitely again you know that different yes that's such a good question. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Yeah that's
1: fascinating because what you're bringing out is goals behind the money you know yes. that it's not sure. just about money but mm-hmm. but what you get that's not financial you know freedom oh my gosh you can't put a you can't put a value on that you know True.
0: Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. It's insane. Wow. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. We're already getting into deep stuff, Gina. I love this conversation already. Thank you so much. Okay, mm-hmm. now coming back to uh, your time at WISE. So you started off with customer support, uh, four years in CS, and then started climbing up the ladder again, right? And uh, the indirect exposure that I had to your work was when you were a senior PM. Uh, and also as a PM as well, product manager for uh, EU. And that's how I was indirectly affiliated and saw your work from the outside. And for me, it was always so interesting uh, to see how you work, because even in meetings, physically, virtually, wherever, you know, I've seen your work, I think you're definitely one of those people who can easily bring the most disagreeable people on the same page. And honestly, I feel like that's a force, that's a power, like not many people can do that. I really want to understand like, again, not coming down to how you do that, but how have you learned to uh, bring people together? Of course, working with people from different backgrounds might have a role to play in it. Uh, Having friends from different backgrounds might have a role to play in it as well. So I just want to understand, like how has that journey been for you with Mm -hmm. Estonia, outside Estonia, Uh, so yeah.
1: What an interesting question. So. I actually think that if we think about it from an investment perspective, you know that investing in relationships is yes. one of the best investments you can make. Um, and I can tell you stories from outside work of yep. about that, but inside work is what you're talking about right now. Um, I, what I experienced is that if, if I invest into building amazing relationships with my teammates, <laughs> you know, and investing in building like a joyful team this is actually going to be the most resilient team because if the joy in the team is high you know and by joy what i mean is that we are happy to be together we're happy to be talking to each other right now but mm-hmm. if you think about a product team or a team at work they're happy like they're they're happy to be together um these teams are going to be the most resilient because the thing is if you build anything meaningful at work it's gonna get hard it's, it's guaranteed you know there will be these times when it takes longer and it's harder than you thought and and that's where the team morale goes down but if you have you know invested in strong team relationships that's what will push you through um mm-hmm. and really just the details of that it's not even that hard i think there are a few elements like calling out the good you see in someone um mm-hmm. I love that. I, yeah. I remember that at one point, point that felt like a big shift in, in my team when mm-hmm. we started doing what we called shout outs. Um, right. so on a regular basis, I don't know if it was every other week during uh sprint planning. We started by saying, Okay, time for shout outs, right? And and <laughs> I say thank you to the engineer for pushing this code live, or you know.
0: And I think it's a very important point that you've mentioned here because I feel like um We're in the startup world, you know, it's very data driven and sometimes only when you do something wrong, that is when you get called out. So it's really important that you're mentioning this, you know, where uh, when you do the good, that should also be appreciated and recognized even more actually than, you know, sometimes where you do fuck up and it's fine to even have those moments because you cannot have the bestest day as an employee. Like you can't have the bestest day as yourself every day. So there will be low points and high points on the go. So yes. yeah, it's really important that you
1: mentioned that, yeah. You wouldn't believe the difference that makes in terms of energy that people get. Actually, I have a story about that myself. Um, That's just, of my entire working career, you know, mm-hmm. been, I've had so many good bosses. There was this one boss, um, mm-hmm. who was so smart. Oh my gosh, it was so good to work with him. And yeah. so what he did is he owned, it, it felt like he only ever gave me constructive feedback. You know, mm-hmm. so if I did something super well, who would just yeah. be like... A nod or something, but if, okay. I, if I could have done something better, that's where the detailed feedback came. And and I've I've heard that for some people, which is actually I think including him, getting constructive feedback that's the most motivating thing ever. Then they rise to the challenge. Whereas with like positive feedback, some people might actually feel a bit uncomfortable and not quite know how to respond. So and and if i remember correctly maybe that was the situation for him and he just then treated like his team the same way he almost would have preferred to be treated so he gave constructive feedback anyway i found myself in the situation where i really appreciate appreciated working with him but i was feeling a little down from just constructive feedback because the way i work is call out what i do well and then i'm like excited and then i also want the constructive feedback like a good combination of the good two balance. yes for sure and then i remember having to make this brave decision, where I was like, I really want to tell him that I literally want to ask him to tell me more nice things. But, you know, (laughs) I also felt this worry of if I say that, am I going to come across as weak or not professional or something, you know, and then eventually, I just thought, well, being authentic, I mean, and is important to me, and I don't want to live a fear based life. So in the end, I just told him, I said, like, I want you to tell me more nice things. And then (laughs) And oh, I love and that. Then we talk, yeah we talked about it but it ended up becoming my favorite relationship like boss you know m- mentor relationship it ended up becoming so amazing I think it's a story about investing in relationships being your honest self is also a way to invest in relationships asking for what you want takes courage um,
0: there's so many people you know where it can be very intimidating you know to give feedback to a manager or like a superior person in your workplace but again you know being authentic to yourself it really comes down to, to that yes. like you mentioned so i love that thank you for saying but one more question on that note gina so going from again coming back to your role at wise because you have stayed in the company for thank almost years two- wow wow um, wow okay if i can ask uh in terms of you know um skill building because eight years is a long time, and uh, a fast-paced environment like TransferWise, even a year is equivalent to, like, I think three or four years in a corporate environment. So having eight years in a startup, fast-paced environment where uh, people are growing, teams are growing, you are growing, uh, there's endless opportunities to grow as well. Um, so I just want to understand, like, how was that for you in terms of skill building? Uh, because you moved from different teams as well. So maybe you want to share more about that, too. Yeah, I yeah.
1: And I do want to share just for context for anybody who hasn't been in a crazy growing startup what that looks <laughs> like. You know, if if when you start there are fifty people and when you leave there two thousand five hundred, what that actually means is every morning when you get into the elevator to go up to the office, there's mm-hmm. somebody new in the elevator. You know? Oh um, my god! <laughs> and then. So in the beginning, it's so exciting, you know, for the first year or two, you're like, good morning, who are you? I'm so glad you're here. And you wanna build the culture and everything. But I remember remember getting to the point where I get into the elevator, two new faces, and I'm just thinking like, I don't even care who you are anymore. Like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't ask you right now. And I just said nothing. Oh my gosh, I still remember that. So I think that being humble to be hungry for constructive feedback is one, to grow yes. your skill set, but then another one that's actually also investment related because it has to do with money is I have to say to keep up not only with the growth of the company, which means you have to get even if you stayed into the same in the same position, you would have to grow anyway, you know, that's to true. keep up with. Yeah. But if on top of that you want to pr- like advance in your career, mm-hmm. what I actually did several times is I invested um, my money, my actual money, into getting a coach and paying a coach to yeah to speed up my learning my leadership learning awesome. so that yes and that was I remember back then that it felt like oh that's a lot of money especially the one coach I wanted to get was very expensive because she mm-hmm. had so much experience but looking back, that was a smart decision to that's pay my
0: ratchet, really yeah. smart decision honestly I did not know that so in terms of, okay, maybe, can you explain that a little more, Yes. Uh, yes. like experience with a coach and uh, what sort of skills did you learn from them and how did you put that into practice? At yes. Rise?
1: I have two examples. So uh, one time, so I was in the role of being a product manager and I wanted to grow to become a senior product manager, which is different kinds of skill set. skill sets. So I actually joined this coaching program for like three months with product <laughs> managers from all around the world. And like they're teaching each other and there's a product manager coach, right? And that meant actually after work on the weekends, I was on Zoom doing these uh, product case studies with product mm-hmm. managers. From home. But that actually exactly helped me to kind of fill the gap of skills that mm-hmm. I would needed. And I've also worked with just a business coach. Her name is Sarah and she's also amazing on leadership skills. So just specifically leadership skills.
0: I mean, personal development does come at a cost as well sometimes, right? And uh, it's definitely about how much are you willing to grow and how much are you willing to give in to get what you want right yes. Yes. so that's oh wow that is amazing honestly that's definitely one of the things that I'll also personally take away from uh, you know our conversation today because it's very yeah. important you know whether you uh, seek mentorship from someone you know or you seek mentorship from a coach that you know can help you get better that's yeah. that's amazing wow so that's, but in- well set, Gina. you just mentioned how different it is from uh, being a product manager and then going to a senior product manager. Uh, I've so far not really interviewed anybody from this, uh, you know, field of work or having the skill set. So maybe if you can shed more light on that as well. So what are the skills required to become a product manager and then taking it further?
1: Oh, that's such a good point. And I feel like somebody else would be even better, like Sharon or Jonti would be amazing, too. Mm-hmm. To answer this even more in detail. I mean, the role of a product manager is to create impact for your customers, you know, the biggest possible impact. That's really what that is all about. So, that has really two sides. Um, I would say three things that come immediately to mind. Um, So, one is, you're gonna be a person looking out there for, you're always looking for the opportunities and trying to weigh them all. You know, mm-hmm. what new things could you build or what messed up thing could you fix? You know, for the, you're always prioritizing. And 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 so the other part is bringing the team together because without the team, it's not happening, you know. And, right, and the challenging part is you will have people from customer support who say, I've had, 15 calls about this stupid bug. You need to fix this now because I hate my life, okay? So that's that's what they want. And ops want something else. But you might know that actually, if the engineers do not fix this bug, but instead spend their time on building this new thing, it will actually have much bigger impact for way more customers, right? But navigating this, like explaining this, getting the customer team on board with taking more of these shitty calls... Because yeah. there's a high impact. Ooh, that's that's the really hard part, you know, aligning the team around that. That's mm-hmm. really hard. Um, so I think it's the those, that's how I would summarize the skills. And sure. really then the difference between product manager and senior product manager, they really in a way do this. They both do this, but the senior product manager will do this on a much bigger scale. That means there might be 10, 15 things that are being built for the customers yeah. at the time. So that means actually you have to get even better bringing people together because there's less you can do yourself because there's so much going on. So I think that's how you grow in, in the leadership skill sector from product managers to senior.
0: Amazing. And any advice for people who do want to go down this path of becoming a product manager?
1: I think the way to start is always to look for the impact. Um, right. So yep. look for the impact, right? And and no matter what your role you're in, you can be in customer support. That's where I was, right? And I and just by talking to people all day long, I could see opportunities. And mm-hmm. then, and then so that so you found an opportunity, but then the next skill is figure out how this prioritizes between you know how many people are impacted compared to what else the product team is working right. on. So you present that in a way that's well well prioritized and then the last part actually even if you're not in the product team how far can you actually go in making it happen right you know so what smart way can you figure out to make this thing happen for the customers even if the engineers are maybe not aware or don't have time sorry so yeah. and there will be ways that you can do that also if you're in customer support or whatever so that's basically i think Proving that you're already doing some of the skills on a small scale is how, how to grow into that, and then you will be recognized, and and they will start working.
0: You really need to have an eye for, uh, like considering every challenge or every obstacle as an opportunity, in a sense, and then you know prioritizing according to that.
1: Wow. Yes. Okay.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So now coming back to you know your career and how you've built uh, for yourself, Gina. After eight years, you did get a chance to take a sabbatical. Uh, which is a perk offered by WISE to his employees. Um, Wait, did you take two sabbaticals or did you take one?
1: Actually, I took one after four years. So amazing. Um, But then um, the other one was a sabbatical I took, like, I don't know, a few months before the eight years were full. I I knew it was time. So actually, that was my own sabbatical. I mean. Yeah. Amazing.
0: But I really want to understand, like, how did you use that time to invest in, you know, broadening your horizons, or decide on what do you want to do next, uh, mm-hmm. because after you know eight years at a company which went from being a startup and then also went public, uh, there was a lot of you know financial decisions as well that you had to make, of course. True. So how did that part of your journey oh and your
1: life come about? That was another super scary decision because actually, oh, God. oh my gosh, because Wise is the kind of company that if you give your best, there will always be amazing opportunities for you, you yes. know. So Actually, I had opportunities to move to another country, open another office, like really exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But somehow inside me, I could feel that if I took that next career move, it would actually be a fear-based decision. Um mm-hmm. because my fear was like, there's this is the best team ever. There can't be anything even better or as good out there for me. And mm-hmm. And inside me, I really knew that after eight years of this crazy fast working speed, I actually, like my heart, my break, my brain needed a break. That's what I really wanted. I wanted my my inner kind of secret dream was to go travel for mm-hmm. a year and just like go on a world trip and find people that are solving interesting problems. That was my goal and interview them and just get inspired about what mm-hmm. else you know is out there outside fintech. But yeah, I, I was going back and forth a lot because those opportunities were really amazing. But but mm-hmm. I could just feel it would have been a fear-based decision of like, if I take a break now, those opportunities will never come back. It, you know. D- yeah. Um, but yeah, then because it was I know,
0: because like once, wise, let's say when you joined in, it was sort of you know that uncomfort zone, right? Yes. Like you exactly. Into a comfort zone, it's so hard to leave it. Yes. Yes. One of the
1: hardest decisions that you need to make, yes. honestly. It's so, oh my gosh, it's so hard. Yes, yes, yes. You
0: know, there's this one thing that I, there's one video actually that I watched recently. I think it was this week. And uh, the guy was talking about how one of the most important skills that a lot of uh, people who've made, you know, been successful in their careers and, you know, things like that have is... Uh, they know when to quit uh-huh. so that they start something new. Oh, and I honestly, I felt it inside. I was like, that makes so much sense, you know, because there's so much fear around quitting, uh, yes. and quitting obviously doesn't necessarily mean failure. Like it's supposed, supposedly, it's supposed, you know, like oh, once you quit, you're just failing in your let's say uh, your job or your career or things like that. But it doesn't really mean like that, you know, it actually means that you have opened a new door for yourself to start something new, to maybe figure yourself out, learn something else, you know, maybe find a coach like you did, you know, to try something else and upgrade your skill set. So yeah, that was one sort of a learning that I had related to, you know, quitting. And it was very sort of deep, <laughs> I'd say.
1: You know what about quitting? I've actually learned, okay. you might have heard this, that a good time to quit is actually when things are going well, not necessarily when you're feeling completely down, because okay. That's what I ended up doing. The time that I left wise was actually a time of great opportunity, you know, but there was actually another time, like maybe four or five years in where Mm -hmm. I felt like I wanted to quit. I'm so down. I actually did in the mornings when my alarm went off, Yeah, I took up to one hour of the alarm ringing and I couldn't get out of bed. And I was so exhausted and, you know, and, and that was like a lot was happening, like a divorce and a lot was happening in my mm-hmm. life. Um, but I remember wanting to quit because I was like, I can't, I'm so exhausted. And then again, I was working with a coach, actually, Birgit, whom you might know from X, Y, Z. But she said, actually, this might not be a good moment to quit because she she said, do you have any plan that you actually feel excited about that you're going to do instead? Mm-hmm. And I had none. I was just tired, right? And she said, if you don't have something that you're excited about, that you're jumping into, she actually gave me this advice I go part-time instead to recharge your batteries. Mm-hmm. So I actually did that for half a year and that felt very brave because, um, wow. you know, people were saying you can't do your job with half-time or it's like mm-hmm. a bad career decision or, but in the end, actually, you know, it, it turned out to be perfect because I got to show that you can have a huge impact, even part-time. And on my time off, I got to just recharge my batteries. And then I came back, you know, with yes. that full energy to do this. Yes. Yeah, It's
0: much needed. Honestly, it's really needed. But like you mentioned, right, you need to like understand when to step away and when to step like,
1: completely yes. off
0: the grid. So yes. yeah, awesome. But coming back to making financial decisions, it's very relevant to, uh, you know, choosing your career. And uh, right now, Gina, if we can come to your, you know, life right now, I think this has been so inspiring for me as well because, uh, you know, having you as um, someone, honestly, I really look up to. I really, really do. And having you at Wise, doing what you did, and having an amazing, awesome career, uh, definitely exemplary. A lot of people want, you know, like said, you've set an example for a lot of people, right? And then you moved on, and like you said, you know, you wanted to travel, meet new people. And with that came a lot of opportunity for you as well. Uh, a lot of changes in life, beautiful changes. So maybe we can get into that part as well. Yes.
1: Yes. So I was traveling with my friend, Helen. We're traveling yes. through Colorado and we go to Denver Startup Week, you know, anyway, meet people and my friend, Helen, she yeah. meets this guy and yeah. then she comes home to our Airbnb and she says to me, Gina, I think you should meet this guy. I think he's kind of what, you, what you're you looking for. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <And laughs> Turns out so good to have friends who know you, <laughs> you know.
0: Honestly, the best wingman. Win. Yeah, <laughs> the the wing win.
1: That's best. why investing in friendships is so, it really can pay off, you know. For sure. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, wow. turns out she's really good at this. So she actually, you know. Shout out to Helen. <laughs> yes, shout out to her. Oh my gosh, yes. So, you know, I met this man that really was what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. He was in the US. I'm based in Estonia. <laughs> And he has two kids here and shared custody in the US, so he can't move. So so I had to make this decision. Do I leave everything behind, my friends, my professional network, just everything, you know, um to move. And how I thought about this is really that kind of your the thing that you cannot put money on, right? For you it was freedom moving, moving to Estonia. And for me, it was actually a secret dream of mine to have a happy family one day, you know. Oh, um, which I, I hadn't had. So I thought I'm going to invest and this is going to be shit tons of money, you know, because um, moving to the US, oh my gosh, um, very expensive. But I thought I'm going to do it. I'm going to risk it, you know. And even if it doesn't work out, I, I want to risk for my dreams, you know. And then, and then it actually did turn, oh yeah. And then what I did is I started my own business um, in user research. That was my favorite thing to do at WISE. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I just, I think want to mention that these things, it's not like you take a risky decision and then from the beginning, it's so amazing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, because actually moving here was pretty hard and how I can put a number on that is I thought about this, <laughs> like a, me- a metric for your overwhelm. How can you measure your <laughs> overwhelm and how hard something is? Because I thought the the cry count, how often do you cry? You know? if you put it counted for like a normal baseline for me, it's once a quarter, like every three months I cry. That's right. like normal. But yeah. when I moved here, I think I cried like two times a week because it was so overwhelming that stepping into a step up road, growing my own business, figuring out a completely new country. Oh my gosh. So, um, wow. but, but it's, it's clearly paying off now. It's been almost a year and it's, it's paying kind
0: off. I love that, you know, the overwhelm meter that you've made for yourself. Yes. <laughs> I can honestly relate to it so much. So, yeah. so much. Like, I have these downtimes where I can literally, I'm normally like the happy go lucky kind of person, you know, and it's very weird how sometimes people think that, oh, someone who has, you know, a certain amount of energy can't have a downtime, but it happens. Yes. And sometimes you can hit the lowest lows without you even realizing. Uh, So, I think for me too, like I, (laughs) that overwhelm meter keeps hitting, you know, the zero to 180 (laughs) sometimes and it goes
1: crazy. So, I can really relate to that. Yep. (laughs) I think that's part of making big, risky decisions.
0: It really is. It really, really is. Because, you know, when you're at that low point, that's when you start. Um, I think there's different phases of it as well, right? Because yes, there is that part where you feel bad about, you know, something, you start questioning, you know, why did I do it? Could have done something better. And you start thinking about all the good things that you you could have done, except, you know, what you have right now. But then I think that's also the part where you realize that what you have right now is because of a choice you made. And uh, this will definitely have low points where you are right now, but this is where the peak starts. So, you know.
1: (laughs) I, I just recently was talking to my friends about this, because one thing I did after moving here is I, I wrote this little book with a friend about courage. And it's these stories about people being courageous in love, work, and so on. and But we what we talked about is courage. It's not only making the brave decision, like when you move from Pakistan over here, right? That was the decision. That takes a lot of courage. But actually, the other part of courage is when you're, when you the decision and then there's the part that gets really really hard like i don't know you're in estonia you have no friends everyone is behaving so weird culturally you know the part that gets really hard that's the other part of courage to know that is the is this still a decision i wanted to make okay well how do i walk through the hard time in a way that i can be satisfied with with integrity you know that's the other part of it no. oh
0: i am loving this so much oh <laughs> But now coming to friendships, Gina, Um, because I, again, leaving friends behind, moving to a different place. um, You've also done it, I think a couple of times, I've done it only twice, and I feel like I can already feel the pain here and there somewhere, you know, it's hard, it is very hard leaving people behind, you know, where, uh, because it takes a lot of time and effort and energy, you know, to cultivate those friendships, to build those connections, uh, to find people who you can trust, and they can trust you back, right. Uh, And then there's out of those people, there's very, very few, who you can definitely call, you know, friends for life, or even family. Uh, So I want to understand uh, because being authentic in friendships, in relationships, right? It does take a toll on you as well as a person. Um, So how has it been for you in terms of building friendships in the different parts of the world that you've been in and uh, also maintaining those friendships and cultivating them uh, beyond that physical, you know, uh, distance?
1: Yes. Oh, I love this topic. So first, I do want to say that you know, we just talked about the cry count, the cry metric of other one. It's actually in those times where my cry count is the highest mm-hmm. that, that it pays off so hard to have invested in friendships, you know, because all the hardest times in my life, like going through divorce, other hard times, like moving here. Um, it's really my friends that have had me in the hard times. I can talk to them. I can like cry out, but we can think through together. How yeah. can I go through this? Right. Oh my gosh. I don't know where I would be without my friends, right? So I actually, again, I really believe investing in friendships is the best investment you can make. And mm-hmm. about how to maintain this, actually, I want to add one more thing. Sure. because there's this guy called Ken, he wrote a book, Happy Money, mm-hmm. and he put it so well, why investing in friendships is a smart investment decision. Um, and how he says is, is, you know, why are we freaking out about saving up money, saving up money? We're mm-hmm. freaking out because what if I lose my job and I can't pay my rent? and I can't find a job for six months. I need savings, I need savings. And then he said, well, what if you had invested in, in some really good friends? Because the reality is they would let you sleep on their couch for a week at a time. You can rotate yep. you, and and you would be fine. And I, I thought that's such a great way to explain why investing in friendship is really smart also around your fears, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then, how to maintain friendships that's actually a skill especially when you move abroad it's it's actually really helpful to maintain the friendships that these people have known you the longest so sure. they can reflect back to you they can say okay right now Sonia you're crying every other day but let me tell you 10 years ago when you went through this hard thing you yeah. did it you know yeah. you were your best selves and and there, those are such valuable friendships mm-hmm.
0: For sure. and there's
1: There's totally ways you can maintain that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for example, actually just one example, there are so many. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to mention two. Okay, so one example. With my friend Linda who lives somewhere else, I actually have Mm -hmm. a weekly one hour call scheduled, and we have thought through how do we want to do this one hour in a way that gives us most like out, you know, so we've actually thought it through and kind of optimized this one hour. So do that with Linda or then with my other friends that live in other countries. Actually, when we meet up, we make it special. So, you know, we kind of save up for that, too. So, for example, now my sister who's in Germany, yes. um, I'm going to meet her in Paris for three days at Christmas. And oh, we're going to be really special and fun, you know, to think of mm-hmm. like special ways of doing that. Um, actually, yeah, it's totally possible. It's a, I believe in this so much. That's like another book I wrote with a friend is is like a friendship challenge for even long mm-hmm. distance friends um mm-hmm. it's totally possible it's so Can worth it
0: talk more about that book as well uh, yeah. about the friendship challenge
1: yes so that's actually a Christmas challenge so I don't know if you knew this about Germans but okay. they're they're really into advent calendars so advent are the mm-hmm. days leading up to Christmas first December to 24th um, yep. So it's actually very common, even for couples, for example, that they would make little advent calendars for each other. Uh, it's not just a kids thing. Um, so my friend Maggie had this idea to to write an advent calendar for friends, so that every day they hear an inspiring real story and they can do something, you know, oh, so nice. long distance to like strengthen their friendship and oh my God. you know and what a nice way leading up to Christmas to like actually invest in your mm-hmm. friendship and build happy memories instead of just rushing around to buy gifts or whatever you know yeah yeah, yeah. I,
0: I need to get that book I need to get a hold of that book I really do
1: no because mm-hmm. honestly
0: I think for me too like with um, long distance friendships I think it's so hard sometimes to you know maintain it and I didn't really realize until I moved from Estonia to Finland because Estonia so in Pakistan you know all the friends that I had were pretty much the same friends that I had let's say 10 years of school da, 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 stayed in the same circle and uh, that circle started becoming really smaller and uh, this is also relevant to something that I heard right before this call where that lady said uh, the more we grow the smaller our inner circle becomes and uh, I think I if I can relate this To my experience, it would definitely be my friendships from Pakistan, where I feel like there's so many that kind of, I don't know, like I think people grow apart and all I think it's very natural, but it's healthy, but it's also very sad at the same Uh, time, you know? It's a mix of emotions, Uh, but I think it was more after I left Estonia that I felt it even more, you know, where I was like, oh shit, you know, long distance friendships, they require a lot of work and it's not just a one-way street, like it's a two-way, right? And uh, I think more than anything, COVID is when all of us realized, you know, who are the people that are going to be there for you, you know? So yeah, there was a lot of, um, I think, expectation settings and that's where I started learning about this, you know, how... Uh, it's good to, you know, tell people how, exactly how you feel. And again, you know, like it can be intimidating, uh, but you need that little ounce of courage to tell, you know, your closest people and the people you are genuinely care about uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe this is something that you expect from, you know, the time and the energy that you're giving in to this person as a friend. So, yeah. It's I so
1: brave. That. It's so brave to kind of ask for what you want. And the thing is, yeah. they can say no, and that's it's okay. We you know, that's the... But they might say yes but asking for what you want oof super yeah. courageous thing in friendship yeah. i swear
0: no, it's crazy yeah. it is crazy. Yeah. but also gina i would really want to understand like how has friendships in different parts of the world right given you that sort of a cultural perspective um, and how has that added to let's say your life um you know the way you think about things um because again you know it brings in different flavors Yeah. how has that helped you out as a person I mean that's another thing that I think startups
1: know very well that if you have diverse opinions from different nationalities because we had 90 different nationalities that it creates better outcomes Um, Mm -hmm. and this is not only true about tech products but it's actually true about my life Um, because so for example I grew up in Germany and as a society you know you can never generalize but compared to other countries looking back now I think there's more of a focus on what could go wrong and mm. then back up, you know, in Germany. So there's a focus on that. There's this whole joke about insurances that there are more life insurances sold in Germany than people even exist, you know? So yeah. safety is it's actually not a joke. It's true, but you kind of want to <laughs> laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> but so safety is so important as a value and, and keeping yourself safe and looking for the dangers. And I want to say there are so many amazing G- things about Germany, the cars I feel so proud of, you know, like German interview. But this is a, an element of the country that I could not see. I, I just lived by this mantra. This is how I lived my life. I looked for what's wrong. And then I would be like, uh oh, and I just thought that's the way you have to look at the world, you know, and then moving to Estonia um, and moving to the US, both of these countries, are countries where. They look more at the opportunities. In my opinion, it's more entrepreneurial. I don't want to generalize. That's just how I experienced. Somehow, yeah, you know. Um, so that's been I. I can't even ever put a value on this. You know how amazing that has been for my brain to meet mm-hmm. friends that help me not only look at the dangers but also look at the opportunities. Like
0: oh,
1: I, I, I mean, forever grateful. Those people have mm-hmm. you know changed my life for the better.
0: No, honestly, I think, I mean, it's for me as well. It's so funny because in Pakistan, for example, when I came, I did not really know too much about veganism. (laughs) I (laughs) bet. (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) it never existed at that time, at least. (laughs) Don't want to generalize. I don't want people jumping on my back, please. But when I came to Estonia, (laughs) that's (laughs) that's when I met the first vegan <laughs> uh, oh my gosh that's so funny and yeah that's where I met my first vegan you know, person in my life who's also really I mean my bestest friend honestly but the thing is that's where I learned you know the east and the west the cultural perspective was so so different um, I mean there's different flavors of food of course Estonia has. A little less variety of food, please, no judgments and (laughs) (laughs) but still it's very different, right? But still like how people like find their own unique flavors within what they have. And I think that for me was so interesting to see because back home, like um it's so common for people to, you know, just like if there's food, there's like you know, there's different things and da-da-da-da-da. And you know, you need to mix and match, and God knows there's a whole jigsaw puzzle on the table. And then over here there's a lot of I think simplicity that I found and uh, I genuinely love that so much and I feel like that's one thing that I live by in my life as well I love simplicity in people in food in cultures in a lot of things Uh, but the world we live in you know is a little complex, (laughs) I guess. But yeah, and I think that's one thing definitely that I've learned through friendships as well. So yeah. I do want to
1: say that's so fascinating to hear because I have so much respect for you, Sanya, because I moved from Germany to Estonia to the US. It's all within the West, but you moved from East to West. You know, the cultural gap you had to bridge is so much bigger. I have so much respect and it's so fascinating. And how, I mean, Scandinavia, Scandinavia is actually known for their like Scandinavian simple design. But yeah, the way you experience that also in terms of food, in terms of, yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's so Mm -hmm. interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I think for me, it was definitely like a complete shift of life, a complete shift of thought. Uh, Of course, the values are the same. And I feel like wherever anybody goes, the core doesn't change. It's just a few layers that you take off and the more layers that you take on. So I think that's just the journey that we're on, right? Uh, yes.
1: Was like, that was deep. That was deep. <laughs> yeah. It's a chance. I never actually thought of it that way, but I just made the connection that moving to another country is a chance to let go of what you realize actually doesn't serve you, you know, and true. and change, take on the parts that really do yeah. serve.
0: I mean, for example, when we started the call, right? Uh in where you are, it's morning and uh maybe the light behind you is probably <laughs> The sun. And then when I started the call, you're like, oh, I can guarantee that's not the sun behind me.
1: And oh, I'm sure like, not. You have uh, not seen the sun in a while.
0: Yeah. I have not seen the sun in a week, but and I saw it before the week because I was in Pakistan. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the cultural context we can yeah. we're talking about
1: here. Oh my
0: god, yes. Oh my god. But yeah, in terms of investing in broadening your vision, Gina, since we're on that topic, um definitely, you know, people places um you know thoughts everything that's around you everything that's within that's what combines into this whole vision that you have as a person so i really want to understand and i think oh this is a good one and i think it's just coming up right now so face yourself the question is how has that vision of how you want to live your life changed over let's say the last 10 years the
1: first thing that comes to mind i'm just going to mention the first thing that comes to mind is i feel like small town Germany where I grew up. And this might not be true for all of Germany. It's definitely not true for Berlin. I can tell you about this. Okay, so I grew up in the south of Germany, small town Germany, and there, looking back, it was kind of important to put a polite face on. You know, when you're talking to someone, you're like polite, you're like, (laughs) but you might be wearing a mask and what you actually think you might not be saying it. I didn't see much of very honest, brave, very authentic communication. Actually, I didn't see that much growing up at all. I just want to say, Berlin in Germany is so different. The first time I went to Berlin, I was mm-hmm. like 18, and we were in a, at a bar, and yeah. this guy walks up to us, this German guy from Berlin with his girlfriend, and he says yeah. to us, hey, guys, do you have a chewing gum? Because my girlfriend just had sausage, and she's smelling really bad. <laughs> I, I remember being so <laughs> shocked. Yeah. So... That's the kind of honesty we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's Berlin. That's Berlin is different. Yes. But so then, (laughs) so yeah. So I I got to move to Estonia and I got to meet wonderful people there. And I think the main thing that has changed that I understood just how amazing it is if I can be authentic as myself, not put on a mask so much, but be honest about, I actually don't feel comfortable with this. Or like, you know, and it, that's been one of the hardest journeys for me. Oh, anyway, oh, I just want to put this in here. This is a phrase I learned from a guy called Dr. Jim Wilder. He's brilliant. He's this psychologist. Oh. But he talks about fear bonds versus love bonds. Ooh. Oh, this is actually great about investing in friendships. or oh, friendships. Cool. Okay. So, so when you build love bonds with people, that means that you say things and you do things because you want to and you trust that we can work it out, whereas the fear bond looks like I will say things to you because I'm afraid that if I don't say them, you will be upset, or I will not say something to you because I'm afraid that you'll be upset, so basically it's fear motivated, and I think I grew up with a lot of fear bonds, that's how I grew them, right, you kind of careful, you say things, you don't say things, and the biggest shift, this is what I got to learn with my friends, you know, is okay, I want to build love bonds instead. I want to be brave and say this thing because I want to and I trust we can figure it out, you know, or I will not do this thing. I will not be at this thing that you invited me to and I'll be honest and say, I don't like that. Or, you know, I don't know. That's 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 a principle I follow that has helped me so much.
0: I think I honestly have grown up with a lot of people pleasing as well. Oh, honestly. God. Oh, my God. And I feel like um, it's such a part of our culture back home that it's now that I see it, I think it's a very deep rooted issue, honestly, because people pleasing. I mean, it starts off at home, scared of your parents, you don't want to say something, you don't have that open conversation with your parents, you might have it with your mom, but not with your dad, because you know, patriarchal culture, it's a very different sort of society that you're living in. So I think and then that people pleasing, you know, grows further into your friendships into your work relationships, uh, into your, you know, everything that all the connections that you have around you are sort of, you know, like bound together by this little people pleasing act that you do here and there. And little do you know that it's, by the time you realize that it's draining everything out of you and you're not even the person that you're pleasing everybody to be as that's where you realize okay you know this is either one I did not know how to draw boundaries two I did not learn how to say no and both I should have learned much earlier on in life but there was no one to teach me that but I think honestly for me um, Estonia is where it happened ah
1: they are yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: yes yes
1: they're really good at
0: that they are so good at that oh god sometimes i could not see the boundary between you know and i feel i've had a discussion with my estonian friends as well about this i was like you know sometimes i feel like there's no line between when people are being straightforward and when are they being rude yes (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, I am confused right now. But I think honestly, whatever that was, because people are um, you know, very much into their, you know, you you get what you see pretty much yes. in a store. They don't really have a lot of time to please anyone or whatever. And uh, very cold as well, you know, by culture, I would say, in in terms of when it compared it to where I come from. So I think for me, that was such a big culture shock in a sense, you know, okay. where. Um, the only way you can get to know people is not by people pleasing but being yourself and I say this to and I was actually saying this to a friend of mine I think a few days ago that uh, Estonia helped me find me and then Finland now where I live is where I live by me you know so and I feel like this honestly has been such a big shift for me as a person I could not have imagined, uh, you know, coming from where I come from and then, you know, understanding all these things that I'm starting to understand. And it's because of the culture that I'm a part of, you know, regardless of how cold it is, regardless of the challenges and stuff and stuff. But still, it's given a lot. So I'm very grateful. For it. That's so beautiful how
1: you put that. That almost gave me goosebumps how you said Estonia have to find yourself. Wow, yeah. what a gift, huh?
0: What a it Really, really did. So definitely for me as well, you know, it was definitely the riskiest decision that i made but no regrets
1: my gosh i I just want to give a shout out to estonians for being so non-people-pleasing it's really amazing i swear to god (laughs) (laughs) they like blow my mind i remember this one time we had a new software engineer join the team and i went to lunch with him he was estonian and I was yeah. trying to keep a polite conversation going. And he only ever responded with a few things and then didn't say anything. And I was becoming so stressed. Like I remember starting to sweat, you know, I'm like, how do I keep this conversation going and make it polite? Like I'm so stressed. And then I asked him like, why aren't you like saying anything? And he said, well, I only speak if I have something really worthy to say, you know? And he oh. he was so okay, just sitting in silence. And I just, Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, you're so ahead of me in terms of being okay with yourself. I mean, whoa. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You
0: no, know, in terms of learnings about cultures. And it teaches you so much about people, right? Mm-hmm. So, so much. Like how we think and who we are and why do we say who we are the way we do. It's insane.
1: Yeah. That's that's what I see you do. You've taken the best of these cultures and you're building a life that's kind of taking the best of both. And uh just yeah beautiful how you You build that into your own self and and the way you create your life It's inspiring
0: last question oh no second last question we still have time so I want to talk about there's this challenge that you told me that you on, and uh, I think it's such a brave challenge honestly and it's inspiration Um, I tried doing something similar but it was more relevant to uh, you know not complaining (laughs) that's fascinating yes Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think I'm a big complainer, but even the little things, you know, sometimes can collect into like, ah, oh, this feels bad because da 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 And suddenly you have this big list of everything that's wrong in your life. Uh, even though it's not really the most wrong that, you know, you can see if you look at it from a different perspective. So, yeah, I want to come back to your challenge. So you started a 30-day challenge, a 30-day courage challenge. Yes. And- I want to know where did that come from and how is that challenge going?
1: Courage, I think, is such a theme if you think about brave investment decisions, which we talked about, can be moving to another country and all of that. It's so important. And honestly, even in the world that we live in right now with the political stuff that's happening, you know, Mm -hmm. having courage is uh just so essential so my my friend and I we did this together I basically collected stories from people who made yeah. brave decisions you know um in all areas of their life and so how we put together this challenge is you have an inspiring story every day and then there's like a little challenge for you to implement courage in this area of your life too and you yeah. can do it by yourself or with like a courage body to encourage each other and, mm-hmm. and for me how it's really going is is you know there's a lot of sweat involved <laughs> uh, I, I, I start sweating when I have to make a break when I do something brave that's just my it's just a little kickstarter that helps sometimes when you're going through a time in your life where you feel like nothing's happening or I'm overwhelmed that helps you know like a,
0: a little kick in the butt that but you need sometimes
1: <laughs> yes what did you learn about investing in
0: mm-hmm. your
1: mindset from mm, going towards less complaining because you invested energy what do you feel you, you're getting out of that or do you even think it's a good investment
0: i think it really is because um i did not feel the tables are gonna turn but no, they, oh, sorry sorry, also, just, <laughs> sorry. No, it's, it's actually a good question i love it when you know you're making me think as well on the go i love that but yeah coming back to how i invested my energy in the no complain challenge i think honestly it was more of a decision that paid me back with energy than me giving in energy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. For example, complaining less spared me the mental energy that I was putting in to complain. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I was wasting less, but uh, I was gaining more because I wasn't wasting anything.
1: I didn't expect that. But as soon as you said it, it makes total sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: That, was, that was really, really... I think that definitely put me... I think it definitely put me in a lot of perspective as well, you know, and uh, this is where I normally, you know, find myself, for example, um, when I hit my low points, and of course, yes, uh, you would turn to, you know, your friends, family, you know, people, uh, but then sometimes you have to deal with, actually, you know, you can't talk to people, but you need to deal with things Mm -hmm. on your own. Yes, you know, that's the reality of life. So I think for me as well, like one way that i bounce back out of you know my low points is definitely getting into that mindset where after a certain point where i realize that i've given away too much of my mental energy to either the sadness or you know the complaining or the low point itself or whatever whatever i i don't know what happens but there's a complete switch And I give zero energy to it at all. There comes a point where, you know, it hits a zero and then I'm like, okay, no more energy to this. And then what happens right afterwards is that you start recharging again because you're no longer giving energy away, but you're just keeping it within you. And it starts growing towards, you know, putting you back in the right direction so oh, that sounds like
1: when you have made an investment but it's a bad investment and you're actually at a loss it's like complaining energy goes down and down your loss gets bigger and bigger and then you finally decide to sell this bad investment at a loss but then you have space freed up to recharge again and make better decisions that's how it's exactly
0: all. exactly because again it works the same way right like even with jobs right again uh, when you want to close a door and open a new one It takes a lot of courage. It takes, you need to shift that resource, you know, from one to the other. Uh, With finances, it's the same thing, exactly like you mentioned, you know, you need to stop investing in something that's just not giving you any returns to actually invest in something that might give you returns or will eventually give you returns. So yeah, shifting resources. Wow. Fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. You too. You made me thought about this. So thank you. Thank you. Honestly, I love the energy so much in this. Like, ah, oh, wow! Like, I felt it like deep inside. Solid. thank you so much for that. Jeez. But I have my last question, Gina. Hey. And surprise, surprise, it's so weird that we're actually completing our podcast pretty much on the dot. Like, that's exactly why you interview you know. a German.
1: <laughs> no joking.
0: I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> oh my god no but seriously we actually like put in a slot of like one and a half hour and here we are like three minutes away wow let's do it let's do it in three minutes last question Gina so in your you know amazing career so far um and the life and the relationships and the connections that you've built uh what is your advice to people in their 20s who are starting off uh there's a lot of tech layoffs happening as well Uh, you know people are losing their jobs all around us Um, again you know people might have you know gotten stuck in that you know zone of you know I need to continue climbing the ladder but now suddenly when that ladder vanishes you need to find a new ladder to climb on or you need to you know rethink your goals so there are a lot of people are in that position you know so I just want to understand what is your advice to people in terms of building investing in their friendships investing in their finances investing in their careers, and most importantly, investing in themselves?
1: Okay, well, two things come to mind. One is the for sure if you're in your twenties, and maybe even if you're in your thirties, and I can't really tell you beyond that, but um, prioritize investing in learning over money or job title for sure. Like go to places, even if you feel like your job title isn't, isn't impressive, but if you're gonna learn, go there, because that's gonna pay off later. Um, So that's just for the career choices, I really believe in that strongly, and then for relationships, I think this idea, using this idea from Dr. Jim Wilder, build love bonds, or, you know, invest in learning how to build love bonds, where you are, who you are, and say, you know, things because you want to, instead of fear bonds, because that's what you want long-term, you want this community, professional friendship, where you can be yourself, you know, and you can work it out together. Yeah.
0: And in terms of finances, do you have any advice on that?
1: You know, in terms of finances, I think you could interview people who are even better at that. I mean, for me, my thing, my two things are, you know, make financial investments that match your values. So you don't have like, it's still like, you know, be authentic with your money. And then if you make mistakes, which I've definitely made and you lose money, you know, yeah. build a love bond with yourself, like be forgiving and loving towards yourself, because, you know, just... It's a learning.
0: I love that so much. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Gina. Right on the dot, we hit the 30. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Yay. I am so excited about this podcast. Honestly, I feel like on, there's very few people who ask me about, you know, the da, da, da. Normally it's me asking people, and you have definitely been the first person to, you know, allow me to share my thoughts as well. So thank you so much for giving me your space. And uh, for me, it means a lot that you even said yes to this and shared your journey uh, about your friendships, about your career, about your, you know, time at Wise. And even after that, and uh, I wish you the best with your family and in your business as well. Support, support all the fucking
1: way. And I really mean it. And uh, just keep being you. Thank you so much. And time just flew by. I would have so many more questions to ask you. Maybe we'll do that (laughs) another time. But yes, I'm inspired by how you live your authentic life using the best of all cultures, right? Um, Radiating with authenticity and joy. So thank you for this conversation. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, wait, one last thing. First off... Thank you so much for listening to this whole episode. If you are listening to this, that meant that you actually heard the whole thing. Uh, We do post weekly content on our podcast every Thursday, so don't miss out. If you like what you hear, please share your feedback. This helps me to learn and this helps me to make this better every day, every week. Um, Also, I do see a lot of you listening to this podcast from around the world. Please give us a follow and rating to our channel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, if you're someone who's more into reading content than watching or listening, then we do have a newsletter, a weekly digest that goes out on LinkedIn for free, of course. So, and we recently crossed 1000 members. Feel free to join us.